It has been a uh, interesting time with COVID and uh, and everything else about how how we be church, how we do church, and all of this uh, transition, uh, the changes in our culture, uh, and 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 all of that. And in my in my private study, uh, one things I tell uh, our pastors the first thing that the church does is it takes the Bible away from you. Uh, and here, here's what I mean by that. When you are young and feeling the call to ministry and seeking the call to ministry, you do it out of a love for Scripture and what Scripture's doing in your life, and you can't wait to share that uh, with other people. And then when you go into the ministry, and this is your calling and profession, uh, your vocation, then all of a sudden you're told the Bible is a tool and you'll get advertisement emails, you know, how to use the most effective tool. Here's the most effective. It's not a tool. <laughs> it's still the sacred word of God. And, and it still does the, the work of the double-edged sword of cutting when it goes in and cutting when it comes out. And, um, and, and I tell them, you have to serve out of the overflow of what Christ is doing in your life. And if you're not, then, then you are flat dangerous to us. I will stop our staff and ask them two questions, and you better be able to answer them. What are you reading in Scripture? And what's Jesus teaching you? If your answer is, uh, uh, I send you home. And I have sent people home before. Why? You're dangerous to us. You're dangerous. The world, ministers don't explode, we implode. Okay? We don't ever grab an Uzi and shoot the congregation. Okay, what happens is the pressure on the outside becomes greater than the pressure on the inside and we collapse like a cheap soda can. And it's only the presence of Christ in you that keeps that pressure able to push back. Uh, so in my, uh, in my private study, I was reading the Minor Prophets. So what did I learn? I learned sometimes you can't get God to hold back his punishment. His punishment's going to come, and it's going to be hard. And the call of the prophet, the call of the pastor, is to keep preaching hope when you hurt so bad for your people and knowing that the pain won't end until Jesus comes back. Do you love your people enough to hurt like that? Then... First of this week, I started studying Joshua. And in the opening conversation, God tells Joshua, Moses is dead. Now you are in charge. And when all of that circumstance came back, it reminded me of the conversations that I used to have with Bill Wilson. Some of you will not know, will not remember that uh, I knew Bill Wilson a long time before I came here. Bill Jr., uh, that you just saw in the video, and I were classmates. In fact, Bill Jr. was one of the groomsmen in my wedding. And we used to sit on the back of all our classes and talk about football and other things. And uh, one time we wanted to go to the Alabama-Auburn game, and Bill said, we can stop at my parents' house in Nashville, Brentwood, and they'll feed us on the way down. 
And so I ate at Bill and Creeley's table, not knowing that I was talking to the man that I would follow in the place where I would spend most of my life. Bill and I, when I came here, became really, really good friends, uh, more than friends. Um, of the two people in my life, the two men who have made the most significant impact in my life is my dad and Bill. And I know that I've harvested a lot of seeds that Bill planted. I know that. But as I told him, when I'm at home, when I'm with you, I will share that credit. When I'm away from here, I take full credit. I want you to know that. <laughs> Bill served as a missions pastor. He and Creeley served as missions pastor for about five years here. Came back and worked together. Uh, when I started talking to him about that, he said, how's that going to work, the old pastor following the new pastor and all of that? I said, Bill, every Sunday we stand up and tell him it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about the kingdom. And now you and I are going to get to show them. And a lot of the mission work that you see, Bill and Creeley started. But there was one dream he wouldn't let go of. Planning churches. Bill was a church planter. Did you know that? Planted the church in Greensboro, North Carolina, Lawndale. And his family was really upset when he took Brentwood because they had finally gotten Lawndale to where it was a church. It was a youth department and all of that. And Bill Jr. says they came here and he was the youth department. And he and I would talk. And I said, Bill, what did you leave undone? What did you wish you had done more of. It was always the same answer. I wish we'd planted more churches. Wish we'd done this. Let me read to you if I can find it. The opening verses of Joshua that I read Monday of this week. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead, God said. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I have given the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot will tread, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great river, to the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites west of the Mediterranean Sea. And no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will never leave you or abandon you. Verse 6 begins with be strong and courageous. And the rest of that chapter God is telling uh, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And so I wrote in my journal, how tough is the mission ahead if God is telling you, you're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to be courageous. Most of the time, the word is what? I'll be your strength. I'll be your courage. Don't worry. I'm with you. God is telling Joshua, only word I got for you, son, is you're going to have to be strong and courageous. And he keeps on telling, if I'm jo Joshua, I'm looking for another plan. 
But I remembered. I'm going to give you everything Bill Wilson dreamed of. I'm going to give you everything Bill Wilson dreamed of. We're going to become a church planting machine. Now, McDonald's knows where every new McDonald's is going. Burger King knows where every new Burger King is going. There is no reason in the world why we should not be as savvy, as committed, as wise as they are in selling hamburgers. We can do that in getting out the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, what does that mean? We're going to know Middle Tennessee better than anybody else. We're going to know where the people are going, where they're moving to, why they are moving here. Uh, Do you know the tag that we saw in the parking lot during Vacation Bible School? The number one tag besides Tennessee. Number one tag. How many of you say California? Raise your hand. Eh, Wrong. Massachusetts. Well, would you stay? (laughs) I mean, that's the reason God made I-65 South, folks. (laughs) It comes right here. They came here because of the school system. They came here because of the cost of living. They came here because of the climate. They came here for all kinds of reasons. God brought them here to find him. And that means we're going to start Hispanic churches. We're going to start African-American churches. We're going to start Ethiopian churches. We're going to start Kurdish churches. Why? The promise of Pentecost is that they will hear in their own language. They will hear in their own language. Now, We're going to be able to identify those spots. We're going to be able to identify those church planters and those pastors, and we're going to bring them here to the Leadership Institute where they'll be trained, where they'll be part of the Brentwood system and network so that they'll have the air cover they need as they begin to plant their new churches. Now, why am I telling you? I'm telling you for a couple of reasons. One, some of you will be church planters. Now, I didn't say go on a church plant. I said, some of you will be church planters. You'll reach a part, a a place in your career where you're going to say, I'm ready to do something else. And you will be the pastor of that church plant. Some of you will be staff of these church plants. We cannot afford to hire everybody we need. Some of you will be co-vocational. You'll keep your day job and you'll show up and be the discipleship minister. You'll be the minister of worship. You'll be the minister of, um, of, of, of welcoming people to the congregation. You'll do the congregational care. 
you will do all of that. Because that's what Bill Wilson dreamed. And that's the promise God is now getting ready to keep. I remember when we wrote a hundred churches up on the board. I kind of liked it. It's a big number, you know me, big number. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, we'll never do that. We may get 70, we may get 80. And that's what I call glorious failure. You set your goal high enough that if you fail, you're going to be higher than you thought you would have done anyway. But then I started talking to Fadi. Have y'all talked to Fadi? Okay, let me give you a little insight, just you and me. Unless you're willing to go, don't. Because by the time he finishes talking to you, you're going to be so excited, you're going to sign up to go somewhere. So I started talking to Fadi. Fadi said, well, you know, I'm meeting with this group of pastors. There's Ethiopian, there's Farsi, on and on the list goes. We start just making the list. He's already somewhere in excess of 30 congregations. I start talking to Wade in Nolansville, and I start talking to him about where he's drawing people from. And he's drawing people from further east of Nolansville. We started the Nolansville campus because people were coming from Nolansville here, put a conference uh, east of us, and now they're talking about Smyrna, Laverne, Murfreesboro. Start talking to Jay. And he's talking about Columbia. Start talking to Brandon at Harpeth Heights. And they're talking about Fairview. Ave South is out of room. But they're talking about the other side of Broadway. And it's not long that you start adding up. And you begin to realize the only reason God gave us the number 100 because if he told us what he was really going to do, it would scare us out of our mind. All these 30 years, all the 20 years of Bill Wilson have been foundational for what God is getting ready to do. God's up to something. Make sure you're in the middle of it. Let's pray together. Some of you, as you bow your head and close your eyes, you got a little nervous in what I was talking about because, well, <laughs> you know you're going to be called. So why don't you let us know that? Let us start working with you to confirm that calling. Let us start working with you to start that training so when the opportunity opens, you'll be ready. Let us know. 
Some of you, you've been looking for a church with a big vision that was worthy of your gifts and your time and your talent, and now you have heard that vision laid out. Get in with us. And some of you are still looking for that first conversation with Jesus. I wish I could find you. I wish I could tell you what it means to know who you are in him, to know what you're supposed to do, to know the reason you're born. Our ministers will be waiting for you in the parlor. You'll see them out in the atrium with name tags on. You find them. They'd love to continue this conversation. Lord Jesus, every life is now open, every heart. So we pray now that the Lord will find the answer he wants from you.